This is WCM's Park Update, a weekly show covering the outdoor hospitality industry hosted by Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast. During each episode, you'll hear from special guests and campground experts on topics that will help your park flourish. WCM's Park Update is a production of Woodall's Campground Magazine. Hi, I'm Ben Quiggle, editor of Woodall's Campground Magazine, and this is another edition of WCM's Park Update, sponsored by New Book. And of course, my esteemed colleague, Mike Gast, former vice president of communications at Campgrounds of America is here. And David Course, who probably doesn't really need an invitation for our audience very much, but the uh, organizer, owner of the glamping show, Americas, is here to join us. And it's pretty early where he's at, but it's always great to have you on, David. So It's a pleasure to be here. Nice to see you guys. Well, whoever yeah. thought you'd be the big dog in the industry in just just a, this huge number of years, David? My goodness, you've taken over. Is it is this like a you know a, a big fish in a small pond kind of thing? <laughs> well, you're making the pond. That's part of the, that's part of what's fun about it. Yeah, um, it has been I a mean, fun couple shows, of years. Yeah, the show's just grown incredibly. I guess how many years of the show? This is like the fifth show right or the fifth year i know you guys did a couple shows before it turned into the glamping show i guess so how many shows is this well we the first glamping show was 2019 um okay the the founders who founded the uk show uh karen and pete did a test conference in denver in 2018 just to see if anybody was interested there was no expo just education they're hoping to get like yeah. 50 or 60 people and they get like 120. So 2019 was our first. So this is our fifth glamping show in the US or in the Americas. Um, 2020, as you might remember, was virtual. We had this pesky COVID thing that was happening. Um, so mm-hmm. 1921, 22, this is our fourth face-to-face, real live, in-person uh, conference and expo in Colorado. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's amazing how much it's grown. Uh, and it's it seems to grow every year, which is great for you guys. Um, I mean, this year, you, you, you've told me previously this year you have like 140 confirmed exhibitors. Um, att- you know, the registration on the attendee side is, you know, I think pacing about 10% ahead of last year. It's just amazing what you guys have been able to put together and the excitement, I guess. Well, we have 145 exhibitors now through yesterday. We got another one yesterday. Yeah. Um, so that's probably where we'll finish or with maybe one or two more. Uh, registrations are running ahead of last year's pace, and last year was our best, so our fingers are crossed. Um, but I think I learned a long time ago that a, a really successful trade event, conference, or a trade show just reflects the industry that it serves. Uh, it would be kind yeah. of crazy if we weren't growing like a weed because glamping is growing like a weed and we're just kind of reflecting that. So it's less I think about us and more about being in the space. I know uh, I know. every time I talk with you, you always mention it's this is an opportunity for people to get more done in 
over the course of two days, which it's October 3rd through the 4th this year in Aurora, Colorado. But it's an opportunity to get more done in the two days than maybe they could get done in an entire year or two just because of everything that you have at the show. And I know last year you had about 70 uh, tents, uh, wagons, you know, a variety of different accommodation units all available for people to walk through. And uh, I mean, you can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, if you think about it, I mean, think of if you were operating a glamping business, you're trying to decide what kind of structure, you know, is it a a wagon, a tent, a dome, a yurt, a teepee, a dome, whatever. Um, Or if you've already decided, you know, it's going to be tents, for example. Um, You have some questions, you know, what do they look like? What's the quality of the workmanship, the material? All the things you would want to know that you can't really learn as effectively online doing desk research uh, and it would take you quite a yep. while and if you in two days here you can wander around a few acres of really lovely grass area with all these structures set up and you can experience them yourself the way your guests might experience them if you decide to acquire them in the future so from an efficiency standpoint just the expo itself without even talking about the conference program you just can't do anything that would be more efficient and not just the structures, the furnishing, the accessories, the service yeah. providers, the consultants, I mean, just all of that stuff. Um, you should walk away with your own they private Rolodex full of contacts. How many new first-time vendors do you have this year? About 40. Okay. So that, so those folks that would say, well, I'm not going to go because I've seen it before. There's a lot of new stuff that they haven't seen yet. A lot of new stuff, new companies, uh, and even the companies that are coming back are introducing new models and new opportunities. So nothing is nothing is static. Um, a lot of the exhibitors are the same, but even the things they're bringing is different or new or refreshed. I think I think you know you mentioned just you know the ability to go through all the units. I think the inspiration is another part that people find at the glamping show, is you know because. They see things there. You see things there that you may not be that you may never have even thought about that you may not have seen before. It's an amazing opportunity for current park owners and those who are looking to build a park just to get some more inspiration. I mean, I love the uh, Flintstone style uh, rock things that you guys had there last year. I had never seen those. I had never heard of those. And, you know, going to the show, it was kind of unique to see those there. So. Yeah, we didn't know it was coming either. All we knew he was bringing something. And he's back this year, but he said he's not bringing yeah. that this year. He's bringing something else. And we have no idea what that's going to be. So the surprises <laughs> are kind of fun. But I, but I think, Ben, one of the, the real benefits for coming to this kind of event beyond the expo and even beyond the education uh, are the interactions. You know, you're, you're having yeah. coffee with somebody or you're standing in line to get a sandwich. And you suddenly t- wind up talking to someone you've never met before, and the conversation turns into, well, what did you do about that? Or how did you fix that problem? Or who are you? you? And it, it, it's that networking, that opportunity that you just mm-hmm. wouldn't have. Again, social media is great. You, you can have those engagements in social media. But there's something about that face-to-face interaction, just wandering over and having a chat for a few minutes, that has incredible value. Yeah. So I've, I've talked to a few folks that are thinking about getting into the glamping business and 
I bring up the show and they'll say, well, maybe next year. I'm, I don't know if I'm far enough along yet. Or I don't know if I'm ready yet. But this show has something for everybody at every level and wherever they're at in the, in the, in the spectrum of glamping. Yeah, Mike, I think that's true. If you think about it, more than half of our visitors aren't in the business yet. I mean, they're somewhere in that pipeline from you know, performing due diligence. Do I want to do this? What's it like to do this? All the way through, I haven't quite opened yet. I'm just almost ready. We're somewhere in that two or three year development cycle. Uh, but yeah, we have a ton of people who come. We're just saying, I'm thinking about this. I'm trying to decide on the next thing I want to do. It's never too early. This is where you can come find out what it's all about. You know, the workshop we do on Monday called Glamping Business Basics. That's what it's about. It's the, an overview of the business of glamping for people who are just thinking about it or are relatively new to get a sense of what it's about. So I, I agree with you. I think there's, there is no time like the present if you're even thinking about it. And you may spend a day with us and say, oh my God, this is not for me. I don't want to do this. Um, knowing yeah. that quickly, as opposed to wasting a lot of time thinking about it, is a really efficient use of your time and resources. Yeah, and I know um, you mentioned the pre-show workshops. Um, which the Glampy Business Basics has been around uh, for a number of years now. That's really popular. It just kind of dives in to a lot of different areas that, you know, current park owners maybe even be able to learn stuff from. And then even, you know, those new to the industry. And I know you've mentioned in the past that it really helps people prepare for the actual conference. Um, and then you also have your funding, your glamping business, which is kind of unique and I imagine that came from people coming to the show and just like, well, how do I fund all of this? Is that kind of how that got started, I guess? Yeah, it was completely organic. Um, at every event, we do post-show surveys, like probably everybody else does. You know, what did you like and what did you not like so much and what can we do to improve and what would you like to see next year? And one of the questions we ask are, you know, what are the problems you're facing that you're looking for answers to? And this came from that survey in 2019, uh, and even the on, online event in 2020, one of the biggest obstacles for people either launching a business or growing the business is access to capital. Uh, so we sat down with Ruben Martinez, who's the executive director and one of the co-founders of the American Glamping Association and kind of brainstormed it. Um, and he agreed to help and, and they sponsor the event and, and really drive the content and the speakers uh, and said, let's see if we can answer the question. So we tried it last year in kind of a, an interesting format where people had a chance to practice their pitches. Um, and this yeah. year after, again, feedback and doing the survey, uh, folks wanted a more pragmatic education. What are the options as opposed to the, the demonstration? So this year it's a little changed funding, you know, how to fund your glamping business. You know, can I get a loan? How do I attract investors? What's this crowdfunding thing all about? Uh, just to try and give people the tools they need and the options and the alternatives, with, again, whether they're starting uh, or whether they're trying to expand, what the choices might be and how they might go about it. So it's just to give them the tools. Everything we try and do uh, in the education program yeah. is either how to make money, how to save money, how to grow. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's a business conference. It's just the business happens to be the business of glamping. Um, and so that's yeah. what 
That's the bottom line for everything that Sally tries to put together. She designs the program. What's the bottom line? What's the benefit? What can I do differently tomorrow than I did yesterday to accomplish those objectives? Yeah, David, I know you, you said you've got uh, your vendors pretty well locked down, but if, if I'm an attendee or a potential attendee, what do I need to get done before I before I show up in Aurora? Uh, just register. Uh, it's um, the, the choices are easy. Uh, if you're again, consumers are not involved not invited. If you are a trade professional, somebody of the industry or looking to enter the industry, registration to go to the expo is free of charge, provided you pre-register. Um, if you just show up on site, we'd be glad to have you, but we're going to charge you fifty bucks. And the reason we charge you 50 bucks is because we don't want to go to that trouble. We'd rather have you pre-register so that it just streamlines the process. None of us like waiting in line. So just go onto our site at glampingshow.us and register. It's free. Uh, if you want to come to the conference program, it is not free. Not very expensive, but it's not free. And it includes kind of a breakfast and a really nice box lunch and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But you have to register. You can register on site for the conference and just pay on site, you can do that. It will just take you longer standing in line uh, and waiting to get in there when you could be going right to get coffee and a Danish. So uh, please yeah. pre-register. And then just run down, I guess, while you're at it, the pre-show workshop, which actually happens on October 2nd. So the main show is October 3rd through the 4th. And then the pre-show yeah. workshop is October 2nd. I guess, what's the registration? And I know there's a different fee for that, I guess. Yeah, each of the workshops is $149. Uh, if you come to the morning okay. workshop on funding, there's a continental breakfast, and uh, the same vendor as last year's lunches, which everybody kind of loved, which was Panera Bread. So Panera Bread is doing their lunches again. Uh, instead of being in unwieldy boxes, they're going to be different, probably in different smaller containers, but otherwise uh, freshly made, nice lunches. So breakfast and lunch, if you're doing uh, funding your glamping business. If you come to the afternoon workshop on glamping business basics, lunch is included, no breakfast uh, because it doesn't start till after lunch. Uh, but they're 149 each. Uh, the two-day conference on Tuesday and Wednesday has four sessions a day, so a total of eight sessions over the two days. It's $399 a person, and there's continental breakfast and a Panera Bread lunch on both days. So those are the different options. You can mix and match somebody who's coming to everything. It's about 600 bucks. Um, or again, it's free if you're coming just to the expo only. Yeah. And uh, you guys and the viewers can go to www.glampingshow.us to find out uh, more information on the show, to get all the registration details and everything that David, uh, of course, just talked about. We aren't done drilling you with questions yet but we do have to take a break to recognize our sponsor new book and we will be back in a few minutes calling all campground operators owners front desk heroes and more say hello to your show sponsor new book your connected hospitality management solution packed with the power to streamline your operations maximize revenue increase bookings and deliver memorable guest experiences thanks to its suite of innovative and easy to use tools backed by an expert customer support team cheering you on 24 7. so if you're ready to level up your campground and unlock more opportunities head to newbook.cloud to start your journey today
Hi, welcome back to WCM's Park Update, and we are chatting with David Course, the organizer and founder of the Glamping Show Americas, which, you know, for some people who uh, have been to the show, that's a new name. So when did you guys decide to change the name? Because it used to be Glamping Show U USA, right? Something similar to that? <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of embarrassing, Ben. The name has changed every single year uh, we started okay as we started as the as the glamping summit um yep. and then we decided it was silly to have a different name than the uk show because there was common ownership and so we changed to the glamping show usa and then we looked at our demographics and realized that we had a substantial number of people coming from canada and mexico and latin america and we were serving that market. And the name of our magazine is Glamping Business Americas. And so we said, yep. why not give Land's End some more money and get another set of polo shirts? So uh, after last year's show, we changed USA to Americas to more accurately reflect the people that are coming to the event. Next year, it'll be Glamping Show Intergalactic or something. I don't know. Well, uh, hopefully this, this, this will be the last one, I hope. Now, David, there's there's some in our audience today that might not even realize that there is a Glamping Glamping Business Americas magazine, and uh, talk about how that fits together with the show and 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 what the benefits are for people to keep reading that all during the year. Um, sure. Well, people should read it because there's this guy named Mike Gast who writes for it regularly, so that's one really good well, reason. Well, obviously, you got some top top level writers. In there. Uh, well, what what happened? Uh, it's again, it's I would love to say this was entirely strategic and all that kind of stuff. Um, in 2020, as we were getting ready to come back from virtual, we wanted to be able to advertise to the market and say, hey, the glamping show is back and you should come in October and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we advertise regularly in Woodalls, which is really helpful to us. Mm -hmm. We were looking for other places to advertise and we couldn't find any. Uh, they're just nobody was serving the glamping market. Uh, and our partners in the UK publish a magazine called International Glamping Business. Um, and But it had very little distribution in the Americas. So we went to the publisher and said, would you like to do another version of the magazine? We'll do it here. And said, why not? We'll give it a try. Um, and we had a database of all visitors and visitor prospects. And went out and said, would you read a magazine if we offered it to you free? And a lot of them said yes. So in February of 21, we launched Glamping Business Americas, had just under 4,000 subscribers, and it was four times a year. And we thought, well, we'll see if this works. Um, and now we're two years and a bit past, and we're up to over 7,000 subscribers. And last year, we expanded to five issues a year. Um, so it's an opportunity for people to get content. Again, it's all about growing your business. Um, so there are articles and editorials and contrib contribution from experts like Michael um, five times a year. So you can go to the show once a year, but you can still get good content and good information and see the ads from exhibitors and prospects. And that happens five times a year. So it's completely digital. Subscriptions are completely free. You can subscribe on our website. Um, if you go to our website and you can look at past issues, as, as Ben is showing here, all the past issues are archived. They're free. You're free to look at them. Um, 
And then the only one we print is the show issue, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. The October issue still goes out to the 7,000 plus subscribers, but we'll print another 2,000 copies and bring them to us with us to the show and use that as the on-site show directory. So you'll actually be able to page through the magazine if you're with us in Colorado uh, and still have the digital copy to look through if you want to. So I think the value is just yeah. the stories, Mike. It's the, it's the, the content uh, from people like yourself and Honey Trek and uh, Todd Wynn Perry and case studies from people with sites and tips from people on, you know, wastewater management and, uh, you know, sustainability and all that sort of stuff. It's, um, but it's strictly about the yeah. glamping market. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, have a, I mean, I, th I think it's kind of interesting, um, looking at the market and how the glamping show has changed and even the magazine. I mean, there's kind of a synergy between what would can, what would traditionally be called like the campground and RV park industry, which is maybe more of what Woodall's focuses on and the glamping industry. I know looking at your program this year for the glamping show, there's a lot of names that pop out that are, you know, would be, you know, maybe a little bit more part of the traditional campground industry and, you know, flipping through your magazine, I see some aspects of that. I guess, you know, from your perspective, have those two kind of, industries kind of bled together bleed together i guess to some degree i mean it seems like a lot of the campground industry has a lot of experience with like developing and and that kind of aspect uh parts of running a park that maybe the glamping industry needs as well so yeah i i think so i mean if you the, the biggest single growth factor on our side on the glamping side are people with traditional campgrounds, <clears throat> pardon me, and or RV parks who are still doing what they do and doing it well, but are adding an yep. extra product, if you will, an extra service by adding glamping to what they're already doing uh, for a variety of reasons, which we've talked about before, uh, which and which all make good profit and loss sense. So yeah, I think the synergies, the overlaps, the commonalities are extraordinary. There are still traditional campgrounds that are just doing what they do. And there are RV parks that have no interest in adding glamping or any part of it. They're very successful in doing what they do, but there's more and more folks who are kind of crossing over, uh, crossing to the dark side. Um, I think yeah, that's we're still, why we're still talking about a. We're still talking about a lot of, uh, a different sort of customer in a, in, a, in a big way though, right? The glamping guests can be a lot different than a typical camping guest. Yeah, well, I think that's, but I think, isn't that the opportunity? If you, if you're a traditional yeah. campground and you have a demographic that you're trying to reach, you say, come out and come camping with me, it makes some assumptions. Assumption number one is you probably have a sleeping bag or a tent or you, you want to, you want to camp. Um, very few campgrounds, I think, say, come out and camp with me and we have, and you can rent a tent from me or you can rent a sleeping bag. It's like going skiing. Most people own their own stuff, but you can always rent skis when you get there if you don't want to have your own. But with a campground, not so much. If you're going to an RV park, you probably ought to have an RV. Um, and whether you're pulling one or you're driving one or it's an old VW camper, you have, you're bringing your stuff with you. Uh, Glamping yeah. says, don't got it. I got, I got a toothbrush. Or they may even have a toothbrush they can give you. 
you can just show up. And that's a whole nother demographic of person that would not be a customer for a traditional campground or an RV park only, if you will. Uh, so both of those kinds of businesses can attract other folks. Uh, I don't own a sleeping bag anymore uh, and I don't have an RV, but I like to go out and be in Yosemite or yep. the plains or wherever I'm going to be. And you can't get me to become your customer unless you offer some kind of turnkey outdoor opportunity, which we're calling glamping. And, and I think that's what, what people are being attracted to. So it doesn't diminish the campground demographic or the RV demographic. It's just additive. It just gives you another element to add to your business. So I yeah. hope that made sense, but that's, that's how we see the difference. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, just from the operational standpoint, um, you know, the camp, the RV park and campground industry has been around for decades. They they helped uh, create a lot of the laws and rules that people use to create parks. And I think that that fits in pretty well with the glamping industry, because, you know, as they work to develop these parks and and create branding and do that kind of stuff, a lot of us, a lot of those things have already been tried out by RV park and campground owners. So I think they can both learn from each other. So I think oh, traditional yeah. RV yeah. parks. Yeah. So, but there's a good chance to learn from each other. You know, I think uh, RV parks, the campground owners can learn more on the hospitality side from the glamping industry. And then the glamping industry can learn a lot of other operational stuff from the traditional RV parks and campgrounds. So, yeah, um, I, I think you said synergistic before. I think that's really, yeah, it's really the right word. This is is two sides of a different, you know, the same coin, if you will, or or something. I'm not sure there's a better way of saying that, um, but they're not that different from each other. I think you you nailed it. Uh, the biggest difference on the glamping side is the hospitality aspect. You know, it, it may not be a mint on the pillow, but somebody is welcoming you. Somebody's sort of overseeing what's happening more, more of a hands-on. Yeah. Let me take care of the customer approach, perhaps, than the others. Yeah, um, I guess other aspects of your show too. You guys do offer like <clears throat> glamping. Can you talk a little bit about the glamping village uh, that you sure. guys are offering, so attendees can actually glamp at the show? So. It's true. We, we did this as a test last year. Um, Stout Tent is one of our exhibitors, but they're also, if not the largest, certainly one of the largest pop-up glamping purveyors. Uh, in the country, yeah. I and mean, they do you know, music festivals and giant weddings and following the eclipse and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we partnered with Stout, uh, and last year they brought these luxury um, bell tents and furniture and bathrooms and showers and stuff on site. And we had 40 different uh, glamping tents that were occupied by people who wanted to glamp with us as opposed to going to a hotel or bringing an RV or renting an Airbnb or some other option. Uh, and we're doing that again this year. They've made some changes to some upgrades. Um, last year, one of the suggestions was be nice to have power to recharge my batteries in the tent. So this year there'll be power, um, some things like that. Uh, but they did a really great job last year. People were very happy with the experience. And so we're offering an upgraded experience this year uh, with Stout Tent organizing our on-site glamping village. Do you, do you expect to have around 40 tents this year? 
set up out there? The last I, the last I saw, the number was thirty one or thirty two. So I'm I, I, okay. I don't know. They they kind of run that side of the process. I'll I'll find out as soon as I get there, and I'll just count them. Um, it's uh, we treat we treat treat stout here almost as if they're the hotel. So it's you know we don't have a we don't have a financial interest in it. Uh, we just give them yep. the land to use. It's a feature for the show. Um, they have the benefit of showing off the stuff they can do, uh, and are great great um, hosts and great providers of hospitality. So. It'll be certainly more than 30, whether it's as many as 40, I'm not sure. Uh, but it'll be basically in the same location it was last year. And hopefully people will have as, as good a time this year as they did last year. And then hey, I know that, yep. that this is a, that this is a non-consumer show. Do you see, foresee a time in the future somewhere down the road that there is room for a consumer show? It's such a, it's such a big deal in the, in the RV business. I know that, that, they have to go out and show their product to consumers to get to get them to buy. Yeah, is it going to be the same in Guantanamo? The difference here, if you go to an RV show, somebody'd be happy to sell you an RV. Yeah, I mean that's they may be referring you to their dealer, but they're saying, hey, you know, have one of these at home. Um, the the folks who are coming to the show with structures, for example, are here with their. I mean, their pricing model, I, I guess they would sell a unit to a consumer, but it would be hard to justify the investment uh, of coming out. And I, I think it would be harder work for them to sort through, are you a consumer or are you representing a business? Are you a prospect for one yurt or 30 yurts? I mean, just just a different process. I think they're better served going to other kinds of events um, you know, local or regional consumer events in each of those markets, drawing in a large crowd. So, you know, a Denver show for the Denver community or something like that. Um, it, it's just mm -hmm. sometimes pricing is different. The you know, industrial pricing may be different, consumer pricing. A lot of our uh, exhibitors may have deals with retailers, you know, like REI or something else where the pricing is different, the margins are different. So, I think we'll keep this by itself. If somebody ever said we wanted a consumer event, if we had exhibitors who wanted a consumer event, we'd certainly be happy to talk about it. But it's a really different animal from an organization standpoint. Um, and we're kind of up to here doing this one. So I think for the time being, we'll try and keep the two separate. So I've, I've yeah. done shows in the past as, a, as an organizer too, David, and I, I know that at this point in the game, you probably start becoming a weather watcher. And so, what, what, what's your forecast? Are, are are the are the exhibitors and the and the uh, attendees going to be bringing uh, parkas, or are they going to be bringing flip flops this year? The, the current forecast, because I haven't looked at this mic for about three hours, so I I do look at it almost every day. It's it's kind of a compulsive thing. The current forecast for that week is highs in the very low 70s and lows in the very mid 40s. Um, and right now, no precipitation is forecast, but we're still three and a half weeks away. So who the heck knows? Um, but as, as Ben knows from being in the last couple of years, uh, typically this week in the Colorado area is pretty benign. Uh, it could be a rain shower coming yeah. through that one year in 2019. On the last day of the show, we had two hours of snow flurries. Um, so uh, I think the technical but, term is stuff Stuff happens. 
But the forecast right now is benign and we're just going to keep crossing our fingers and knocking on wood and doing whatever we can. But I think the important part too is in 2019, you guys held the show later. So it was near the middle end of October, correct? It was, the, it was yeah, a couple of weeks later. That's why we moved earlier in yeah. October, just to give since, ourselves a little yeah. bit more wiggle. And since you've but, moved uh, er, to earlier, I think the, I yeah. think the weather's been beautiful since you moved earlier. So um, yeah, since, yeah, to, I, to let, that end, I'm going to, I'm going to the Glapping Show in England next week, and the forecast there is a high of 62 and showers on all three days, and it's 100% outdoors. <laughs> so there is no, oh, there is no indoor hall. It's just all outdoors. So I'll have my umbrella and, and all the things I need. So hopefully they'll get the rain and we won't. <laughs> Well, well, you can uh, you can learn from them, I guess, on what to do if it does rain for yes, one of the days. Or both. There for research. So, yeah, research. So, well, uh, I think it's time to wrap up. But uh, thank you, David, for coming on the show. Uh, people can uh, learn more about the Glamping Show Americas at uh, glampingshow.us. And it's a great event. Um, I definitely encourage people in the industry to try to make it out to Aurora, Colorado. And it's, you know, at the least, you get to see some really neat accommodation units. So, and it's just a great chance to connect with people throughout the industry. So and I know I'm looking forward to seeing you, David. Yeah, and it's free, so. It is free. So. Guys, thanks for the support, always a pleasure. And Mike, we have to get your butt out to the show one of these times soon. <laughs> You know, I, I, I keep getting things that, that jump up in front of me. Now we're, we're moving into a different uh, different house again. So there's always yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I'm still trying Ready to work on it. I'm not, I'm not saying no yet. I'm not saying no yet. I'm only a state away now. I'm not an ocean away. Seeing your personal life get in the way of my business is not, you know, a good priority. So <laughs> yeah, find, get, your, get, your, get your butt there. So what is it, a six-hour drive, five-hour drive? Come on, you can do this. We have it. It's across Nebraska. Yeah, that's a that that's a that's a little bit of a boring drive. It's pretty straight. So uh, very good. Um, but I lived in Kansas. I understand. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for coming thank on, and thank you everyone for watching. And we will see everyone back again next week for another edition of WCM's Park Update. Thank you for listening to WCM's Park Update, a production of Woodall's Campground Magazine. Join us for a new show each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn for daily news and updates, and subscribe to our news feed on our website at woodallscm.com. Show hosts are Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast. Executive producers Rick Kessler and Alex Burkett. Copyright 2022, G&G Media Group.